Hi, this is Ricardo, pastor of Journey Church Ventura. Thanks for taking the time to listen to our podcast. Hope you're having a great week. We hope it's life-giving and life-changing. Take care. (laughs) Oh, man. Man, we've been to church. Come on. Yeah, this morning, man, we are so blessed by the worship band and team and Leanna's leadership and all those kinds of things. I feel like we've been already in the presence of God and what a blessing that's been. And uh, our, our children's ministry is killing it next door. They're doing a great job. Um, and we're blessed. It just recently I've heard statements like, and these are from people outside of our church, that they've heard that um, our church has one of the best children's ministries in the city. Um, one, yeah. And we're continuing to grow that. And we have some ideas for expansion. We have some ideas for our youth ministry. Um, if you, let, me, let me just put this out there. If you feel led to minister to, to youth, that would be junior hires and high schoolers, um, let us know because what we want to do right now is start small groups with youth. Not a whole, t- a whole youth ministry, but small groups with youth. And um, get our young people together and let them have a time of their own together. Um, but do that in small groups. And we're going to start there, and then we'll grow into a full, full-blown youth ministry as time leads us and God leads us and all those kinds of things. But if you feel led in any way, shape, or form in that area, just uh, give, give us a, uh, a note or uh, some, some kind of indication that you're interested, and we'll talk some more and see what God does there. Um, if you were to look at our world today, and you just looked at it, as, as what's happening. We, we talk about Afghanistan. We talk about the pandemic. We talk about inflation in our country and everything's costing more, all those kinds of things. And this is not a political statement in any way, shape, or form. If you just looked at what's going on in our world, you would go, man, this, this, this place is nuts. This is no fun. This is, this is not good. Um, you, you, you might even say life sucks, but we have Jesus, right? Now, how, how do you do that? What, what gives you that, that, that but in the middle right there? What, what gives you that? I, I think I've said this before. I want to ta- teach a series called the Big But Series because there's some significant times in Scripture where it says this is happening but. And it's true that in today's world, we could look at the, all the outward things going on, all the stuff that's messed up, all the things that are going crazy, all the things that we agree or disagree with. And we could say, man, this place is awful. But in, in reality, but we have Jesus. We have Jesus. And today I've titled this message, Joy Always. Joy Always. And the reason I've titled it that way is simply because I believe that joy is not something that has to be based on what's happening. It can be based on who is happening. It can be based on the Jesus that we serve. It can be based on the salvation we've already experienced. And it'll make sense in just a minute. But there's several kinds of joy in Scripture that uh, we face. And one is an expression. Joy is, is, uh, Seahawks just scored! Or my wife lost her keys this week, and we found the keys. 
Jesus is alive. All right, we got a little better, better than the Seahawk one. Um, you guys have a right to be wrong. It's okay. <clears throat> I got the promotion, huh? That's a good one. Um, those, those are the, the great types of expressions that we can have, and joy comes in those moments, but that kind of joy is based on an experience. It's based on something that's happening. It's based on, uh, it's not bad. There's nothing wrong with it. In fact, I think that's what our worship should be, is an expression of what is going on, what has already happened in our lives. And so, um, you know, my, my uh, oldest daughter is having twins. <laughs> we were like, yay! Whoa, wow. That brings grandkids to seven. Oh, my goodness. We had everybody at the house for dinner last night, 12 of us. And all of a sudden, we realized, in November, 14. That's crazy. Um, Luke 2, verse 10 and 11 says, But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. That will cause great joy. There will, as a result of something happening, people will be happy. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. And then after that, there was praise. There was joy. There was this, I, this concept that became a reality that everyone was, that was hoping for a Messiah would realize one. Yay, the Messiah has come. The Messiah has arrived. And then um, they found out what kind of Messiah one that was going to be born in a stable, one that was going to not lead the government, but lead the kingdom. And uh, their, their idea of a king was kind of shattered at that point. But um, once we meet Jesus in heaven, we'll understand why he did everything he did. So joy is an expression, or joy is an action. It's something that's commanded in several cases in Scripture. In Philippians 4.4, 4, it says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. These are commands or what uh, in, in, in the language interpretive uh, part of Scripture it calls an imperative. It's like, you got to do this. Rejoice. Have joy. Express it. Do it. Choose joy. In James 1, 2, it says, consider it pure joy. Another command, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Oh, first part of that sentence sounds good. Consider it pure joy Woo! when you face many trials of many kinds. That doesn't sound fun. I, I'm supposed to be happy that not so nice things are happening to me? How does that work? It, it works because when, when God allows those things to come our way, and believe me, he is in control of what comes our way, he does something with it that we don't always understand. We don't always get. We don't always comprehend. We can't grasp it. I've seen time and time again over the years of ministry that when something bad happens, usually God is doing something good. It's just hard to see in the middle of it. It's really true. Hindsight is twenty twenty. It's easy to look back and see that what God did then and you can celebrate it now, but in the middle of it, man, that's complicated, isn't it? That's hard to do. 
Maybe you're in that circumstance right now. You're not seeing what God's doing. You're not understanding why it's so complicated, why it's so difficult, why this hurts, why you're going through this, this challenge. But God's doing something. And sometimes he's not even doing it in you. He's doing it through you for someone else. And that's how God works sometimes. Sometimes he'll spend us so that it has a value in another person. That's hard. That's hard. It's hard to understand that sometimes, but it's the way joy works. Consider it pure joy. Do joy. Express joy, my brothers and sisters, when you face trials of many kinds. There's another kind. It's joy as a reward. It's, it's the result of something happening that you've done positively. A response to a job well done. In, in uh, Matthew 25, 21, we read that his master replied, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. It's the same, uh, that word happiness is the same word in other places in Scripture that says joy. It's the, it's, it's the word chara, kara, and it's, it's joy. Come and share your master's happiness. This faithful servant received a reward and that reward was joy. We get to experience that when we hear God say, good job, way to go. You did well with what I gave you to do. You did well with what I gave you to use as a tool to glorify the name of Jesus. You did good and you, for every reason, you did good. You, you have a right to joy. So we have an expression, we have an action, we have a reward we have joy as a faith statement. And here's where we're getting into the, the, the hard part of joy, but the best part of joy. In Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, it says this, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. Listen to this. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Here's one of the most powerful realities of joy that we need to embrace. And that is when we can see the future reward, it's worth the current sacrifice. And so... When we are able to express joy, we realize that maybe right now it doesn't feel good. This, what this is saying is for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. He endured going and being tortured. He endured going and being crucified. He endured all of the things because of the joy ahead. The future reward. The kingdom, the, the, the reality that heaven is right around the corner, the reality that God is in control and will bring about a result of the cross that only God could bring, and that is if he goes through the cross, he gets to sit on the throne. For us, it's if we accept the cross, we get to spend our time in front of the throne for eternity. Some people say, well, you know, I, I endured my cross last week. I, I put up with my five-year-old. That's no cross. 
You know, I've gone through tough times. I've, bo- I've borne the cross. But no. You've not been crucified for the world's sin. <laughs> You've gone through a tough time, but it's no cross. We don't die for our sins. Jesus did that. Do we take up our cross and follow him? Does that mean we follow the example that he lived? Yes, we do everything we can to sacrifice for the benefit of others, but we don't die on a cross. For the joy set before him, he realized that there's a future. And church, this is where joy can be always. This is where joy can be felt and experienced all the time, no matter the circumstance. And and trust me, I've been in tough times and I've not expressed joy in tough times. I haven't gone through uh, times where uh, it is so um, burdensome. I've gone through really burdensome times. And I'm just being raw with you. I don't remember during those times uh, going, woohoo. I did pray a few times, God, just take me home. It's got to be better than this. I did pray that God would just take me out of it. But when joy is something that we are embracing as our future eternal existence, then our temporary moments can be handled differently, right? We can embrace this in such a way that we will experience joy no matter the circumstance. Joy always instead of joy sometimes or joy when it feels good or joy when things are going well. Romans 15, 13 says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. When we trust God, when we know that the future is what he says it's going to be, then we can trust him in the moment and still have joy even when it's tough. 1 Peter 1, 8 and 9 says, Through you... Though you have not seen him, you love him. Even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy, for you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. The very salvation, the very hope that we're going to spend eternity with Jesus simply gives us a reason to hope. And first Peter is talking, Peter is talking to his uh, readers as as persecuted individuals. These are people that were being persecuted at the time, just before Nero started killing people, started lighting Christians up on poles to light the streets, would light them on fire. Peter is saying, look forward and you will have inexpressible and glorious joy. My encouragement to us today is simply this. Let's hang on to eternal joy. And we can have joy always. What separates the the church from the world? It can be our joy. I, I, I meet up with people quite often and they're talking about, oh man, you know, I'm sick and tired of this pandemic and vax and no vax and you know, mask and no mask, and life just, just is awful for them. And I'm like, it'll pass, but eternity won't. 
Jesus is Lord of my life. I'm going to head for heaven. Yeah, I love the comforts of joy. I, I, I love comforts of, of life. I wish we didn't have to wear a mask. I wish, you know, the vaccination thing would be figured out. I wish all that would be clear. I wish it would all go away and we could all just be happy, happy, happy people. It's not the reality. But what separates me from that person that's so frustrated and discouraged with life, it's that I have Jesus in my heart. And whatever I'm required to wear or whatever I'm required to do, it doesn't matter. At the end of the day, what matters is that Jesus is in my life and that I have the hope of eternal life. Yeah. I know that sounds like, oh, pastor, you're oversimplifying it. It's more difficult than that. You don't understand. The Bible doesn't make it any more complicated. We trust in him. We have our eyes set on heaven. And our hope is in him, and that's where our joy comes from. Not in a stimulus package or anything else. And I'm not trying to be political. I'm just trying to be practical that none of our joy should be coming from those spaces. And if we want joy always, then it needs to come from our hope, our hope in Jesus Christ. I'm going to read a, a quick passage of Scripture because I want, to, I want you to hear how to develop this thinking. It's from John 15, 1 through 17. And I'm going to read it rather fast. I'm going to stop right in the middle of it. I am the true vine and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does not bear fruit, He prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me. Remember that. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you be, bear fruit unless you remain in me. What's the key word there? Remain. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that has, is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up and thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and I, my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. The goal is to remain in him so that we do what? We bear fruit. I've said this before. We're not, we're not people that can choose to bear fruit. You don't see a tree going, oh, I want an apple right now. Oh, it squeezes out an apple. No. If a, true, if a tree is planted and it's, 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 it's got all the nutrients coming up the trunk, then out of the branches, the natural thing that happens if those branches are well connected to the trunk of the tree is fruit. Fruit just happens when we remain. Fruit happens. It doesn't like, oh, I'm going to squeeze out another orange. Ah, it doesn't happen that way. If I remain in the, in, the, in the trunk, 
and the trunk is, is the, the source of my nutrients, then out of that is naturally going to come fruit. And the beauty of that is that a gardener will prune that, that branch so that it produces maximum fruit rather than minimum fruit. If it's too branchy, then it produces all these little dinky things. And it's not even good fruit. It's sour. But if it's trimmed just right, then there's this beautiful fruit that is a pr product. So the goal is not to do just us to produce fruit, but to be remaining in Christ so that we have the ability to produce fruit. You hear me? Then Jesus says this crazy thing. He says in verse 9, he says, As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. And then this is the key. I have told you this so that, and anytime you see any kind of statement like that in Scripture, pay very close attention, because this is really the point of the whole story that he's telling. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. And I used to read this with, oh, what Jesus is trying to do is put his joy in me so that my joy may be in you. I read that wrong. As I studied this, what I'm understanding now is that this is Jesus going, so that I can be proud of you. So that I can have joy in who you have become as a branch grafted in the vine. Jesus has joy when we remain in him. He gets excited and he goes, oh, look at that branch. It's flowing out. I have been feeding that branch and I'm so proud of that branch. Why? Because it's born fruit. That branch is chosen to remain in the vine. And as a result, Jesus is going, oh, I love that branch. It's one of my favorite branches. I get joy every time I see that branch. That's what we want in our lives. And the only effort that we have to make is to remain in Jesus, to stay connected to him, to stay in touch with him. Prayer, the Bible, fellowship, all these kinds of serving Anytime we're allowing the flow of the Holy Spirit, not just to go in, but to come out, there's a really powerful uh, fruit process that happens there. Jesus finds joy in you and me. He looks at you and goes, ah, oh, big old smile that Jesus has. Straight teeth. Perfect Jesus. And then he says, and that your joy may be complete. That joy comes from knowing that we brought him joy. That joy comes from knowing that we brought Jesus joy. How? By remaining in him. It's simple. It's not complex. Yes, we have all these other ideas about joy. It's an expression. It's an action. It's something that comes from a future think of faith-filled hope. It all comes in, in, in different packages. But the real joy comes when we understand that Jesus loves seeing us remain in him. 
And when we bear fruit, he smiles from ear to ear just, oh, I love the fact that that is my branch. That's my child. That's my, 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 <clears throat> my hope, my strength. Everything is in us. He loves to see us be fruitful and bear fruit. He ends with this. He says, my command is this. Love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this to lay down his life, his one, uh, lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do not, if you do what I command. I, I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I've called you friends for everything that I learned from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, and so that whatever you ask in my name, my Father will give you. This is my command, love each other. Jesus' joy, this is very simple, Jesus' joy comes from relationship with us and knowing that we are fruit bearers. And out of that comes our joy. Our joy is complete when we are then recognized by Jesus and going, oh, I just love, I love what Brian and Marie are doing with their lives. I love their heart. I love all the fruit that's coming out of their hearts. I love that. I love the power of when, when, it, when, he, when, when Jesus sees us and he just smiles and gets joy out of that. That should, um, I, I've, anytime I've ever had a boss or a, a family member go, hey, man, I just love what you're doing, that brings joy to me. And that's what Jesus does with us. I love what's being produced out of that life. Right now we have an orange tree in the backyard, and it's filling up with green oranges, which sounds a little weird. But one of these days, it's going to have to be trimmed so that it doesn't just grow these little knobby things but that these oranges get full and big, and each branch is going to have a responsibility to produce fruit, but that branch won't produce fruit if um, it doesn't stay in the trunk of that tree. I believe, and we will get a lot of joy out of that tree once we start picking that fruit and eating those oranges and tasting that juicy, juicy orange. And it, oh, man, I'm, I'm getting hungry right now. I wish there was a taquito tree. <clears throat> there is, actually, and it'll be served up in just a little bit. How is our joy completed? How is our joy finished off? By remaining in Christ. I just want to encourage you. I, th there's, I, this is kind of a, a lengthy way of saying, fall in love with Jesus and stay there, and your joy will be complete. When that happens, Jesus' joy is complete. And all you'll hear from him is, well done. I love that branch. He'll look at you and go, oh, you're one of my favorite branches. He'll look at all of us and say that. He doesn't have a favorite. All of us are favorites. All of us, because he loves us so much. Let's pray. God, I thank you so much that you give us joy. You give us a reason to celebrate, a reason to remain in you.
a reason to stay connected. And that's because simply, God, you get joy out of knowing that we are connected to you, that we are in relationship with you. You love us so much that you stay connected with us and we stay connected with you and then we bear fruit. God, I thank you and I praise you for that. I pray right now for those people in this room that are feeling like this life is awful. There's too many complications. There's too many problems in the world. There's too many things going on. There's too many things that are being demanded of us and asked of us. But Lord, I believe that right now you can give us joy in the middle of all of it. That we can have joy always. Simply because we're in right relationship with you. I pray for those that are discouraged. I pray for those that are are frustrated. I pray for those that are angry. Maybe even growing roots of bitterness in their lives. Lord, I pray right now that you would help lift us all out of those places and help us to realize that as long as we remain in you, we can always have joy. And that our joy can be complete. And that we can love each other. So Lord, I pray right now for that frustrated, I pray for that angry, I pray for that discouraged, I pray for that uh, depressed person in the name of Jesus I pray that everyone be set free from that as we remain in Christ and our joy comes from you Lord thank you so much for dying on a cross thank you for raising from the dead and giving us the hope of eternal life whatever we face and this planet will not compare to what's coming help us to always have a forward look beyond the suffering and the sacrifice to the promise of eternal life in you. And may our joy be complete as we stay grafted and remain in you. Maybe you're here today and you have yet to experience accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior. I just want to give you an opportunity right now, whether you're online or on site, right now you can say, Jesus, forgive me of my sin. I accept that I'm a sinner and I need your forgiveness. And I realize you provided that forgiveness for me on the cross. And Jesus, I believe that you were raised from the dead and you give me a hope of eternal life. If that's you today and you'd like to receive salvation in your life, those are the two confessions you need to make. The Bible tells us to be saved. So if you're here today, would you just mention this prayer? Repeat this prayer after me. You don't have to do it out loud, but just repeat this prayer after me. Dear Jesus, forgive me of my sins. I accept that I'm a sinner and I need your forgiveness. And I accept that you provided that forgiveness on the cross. And today I accept forgiveness and I believe that you have cleansed me from all my sin. Jesus, I believe that you were raised from the dead and you promised eternal life. And right now I receive that eternal life and look forward and with joy know that my hope is in you and not in any circumstance in this world. And I commit to follow you for the rest of my life. I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to join your journey. And I hope the message made a big difference in your life. And if it did, we just encourage you to go to journeychurchventura.com and let us know. Also, be free to share this message with your friends and family. We just love to impact as many people as we can. Once again, thank you for joining us at Journey Church Ventura.